want to say how much I appreciate Pastor Cindy <clears throat> asking me to teach tonight. It's always an honor and uh, to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, <clears throat> I know I told her it's been probably a month or so ago that, and I just feel impressed to say this, but um, I actually had to turn around and see who was talking to me and to me, and I should have known that it was a Holy Spirit. But I think he wants our church, this question goes to our whole church, including me. What are we waiting for? I just can't get that out of my spirit. Why, what are we waiting for? And uh, I don't know, in my heart of hearts, I believe that this is a time of a revival unlike this world has ever seen. We got to get off our seats and we got to praise the Lord and he has to become first and foremost in our minds and in everything we do. But I feel that so strong and because I, like I said, I turned around and I knew there wasn't nobody there. I knew where it was coming from and I said, Lord, you're asking me, what am I waiting for? Well, what are you waiting for? But what is the body waiting for? And uh, so I think it's time we put the, the old saying, the pedal to the metal, and uh, really start digging into the Word of God and uh, being all that He wants us to be. I never thought that I'd ever go from a kid of eight years old and experienced so many things with the Lord. And I'm so thankful for those. Even if there, there was hard times, there was always, I knew not only was he with me in the hard times, I know he was definitely with me uh, on the other side of those hard times. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about, um, next week I will be starting uh, uh, Stacy. She's back there. <laughs> uh, her and I will be working on this together, but uh, every thought captive. And I couldn't get away from uh, one of the things that we will be going over in class. It's not going to be identical to what I'm talking about this evening. But I want to talk to you about overcoming the spirit of fear. And I think that's what holds a lot of us back. I can say it does, it still does me. I'll think that that's all done and over with and uh, it'll raise its ugly head at times and then I just, I, I have to learn and I think every day we have to learn to trust in Jesus for everything. No matter, we might think it's, oh Lord, it's so insignificant. There's nothing insignificant when it comes to the Lord and each of us is because we're all unique and we're individuals and we have a personal relationship. But um, as I was looking at different things that uh, this connected to, um, the scripture was 2 Timothy 1.7 and it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when I got down there, I didn't realize for probably several years for the longest time that uh, Timothy struggled with uh, this spirit of fear. And if you read that verse that I just read, that's Paul telling him, you know, you got a timid personality 
uh, but he was encouraging him to speak the truth of the gospel with boldness. And we have to come to that place as Timothy uh, had to come to that place. And when I look at um, the, the power and the love and of a sound mind, uh, I think that's our biggest battlefield. And Joyce Meyer talks about that, how our mind is just the battlefield of Satan. And he likes to get into our mind, get into our thoughts, and distract us. And that's one of his biggest tools in his toolbox, is being able to get into our minds with just the things from the past. That's what usually that he pulls up, or something someone said, or somebody hurt my feelings. And, uh, and I think of forever living in a day of the spirit of being offended, it's now. And, and we all do. We don't think that can happen to us. But we can be offended and think, well, and I'll give you an, a, kind of an example of that, is um, Juanita Bynum. Cindy and I had read a lot of different books of hers. And when she was first going into ministry, uh, her pastor uh, ended up having to call her and another, was going to call this other lady into his office because in the middle of the church, Juanita and this lady had a huge disagreement. But the pastor only called Juanita in. And she kept thinking, well, I know that girl's going to get hers. Yep, you know, I got it all under control. I got it going on. He ain't going to be talking to me. He's going to be talking to her. Well, it ended up when she went in, she was the only one in there other than the pastor. And she kept asking him, well, why, are, why am I the only one in here? She said stuff too and different things like that. And he said, because God hasn't showed me the plan for her life the way he showed me the plan for yours. So we need to remember about even the, the spirit of being offended because that is growing along with a lot of other things. Does God want us to live in fear? In Isaiah 41.10, God tells us not to fear. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So if you put those two scriptures together, he tells us he's given us power, love, a sound mind. He's with us. We're not to get discouraged. He gives us strength. He is our help. And he will uphold us in his righteous right hand. So when I begin to put them two things together, um, throughout yesterday when I was studying and, and praying about all this, I thought, Lord, I know we're human beings, but it's hard not to fear. It's hard not to be afraid of stepping out. Um, I know my mom's always said, my lands, why did it take you 40 years to decide to answer the call of God on your life? And uh, she tried to tell me, well, you've just wandered around in the desert for 40 years. And I told her, I said, Mom, you know, it's all in God's timing, but mothers. <laughs> my mom, I wouldn't trade nothing for. But, you know, it, 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 it's just all those, um, when you think about how perfect our Lord is and how that we are in his right hand. 
nothing can take us from him. We make the choice. We choose. Do we want to walk away or do we want to stay? And we make that choice. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to grab you by your shirt collar and drag you back in there. He will woo you, but it is up to us to follow back into what the only way that is to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. So why is it so hard to let go of the fear? Uh, We often feed our fear by staying stuck in one path or in one aspect in our life that isn't serving us. And I think that happens quite frequently. And um, I found that out. It had been uh, many years since I had worked a secular job. And where I went to work, uh, I, I was totally lost in everything they taught. They trained me, uh, but it's like as soon as they had the words out of your mouth, you had to remember that, you had to do it. Well, my mind don't work that way. And it's getting worse as I get older, but it just doesn't work that way. So I honestly was lost. And I got fearful when I would come home in the evenings and uh, be crying to my husband (laughs) that, you know, I just was completely lost at this job. I didn't feel adequate. I was very discouraged. Um, Some of the people were quite overwhelming, and some of them you couldn't have asked for better help or better teaching. But in that aspect of my life, I felt like I was stuck. And uh, we had retired from the church that we were pastoring. So during that time, those four years that I was at this job, I had to learn a whole different way of dealing with things. But I thank the Lord that he opened that door, even though I was pretty much scared to death the whole time I was there. Uh, I had started having a lot of people come up to me that worked there, people that had their sister or their brother, they were dealing with cancer, or there was a death in the family, or, you know, why is God letting this happen? And, and I would just go ahead and pray with them, and we'd pray right there in that store. And uh, I thought, man, I'm probably going to get fired because i got cameras everywhere, but hey, well, God will provide. That's how I just had to come to that place to look at it, to look at it like that. What does for God, uh, when you look, um, has not given us a spirit of fear mean? Paul unpacks four fruits of the Spirit's work in our lives in verse 7. Fearlessness, power, Love and self-control. The Spirit does not produce in God's people fear, which could be translated um, cowardness. Rather, the Spirit gives us courage or fearlessness, even in fearful situations. Have you ever been there? When you've uh, been... I don't know, close call to an accident, your heart's racing and everything, and then you just realize you were scared, but God took care of you while that was all going on. There's been times my children and I were going through a green light one day, and 
I can just remember looking out the driver's side window and all I could see was a windshield of a yellow car. That's how close they came to hitting us. But I honestly believe in all my heart, with all my heart, that the Holy Spirit just lifted our car up or lifted that car up and put it right over us. And there was fear and my heart was beating a mile a minute. But I know that God took care of us. I know that his protection. And that's what I want to tell you about fear. Don't let it rule your life. Um, the, a spirit, this spirit of fear, uh, it can happen. It can rule your life to the point where you have no, you don't care if you ever see another person. Uh, you know, you feel you become in bondage to it, and uh, it'll, it will overtake your life. And it'll even work in your, in your spiritual life. You'll start feeling that, and, well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, I don't pray real well again, or, um, you know, those type of things. If the Holy Spirit, if you're praying and you're talking to the Lord, that's all you need. You're elegant enough. And uh, be thankful that you um, are able to do those things. A spirit of fear comes from not being able to trust in God completely. And I think we all have our moments of that, of just our trust wavers. And uh, I know with Pastor Cindy and Ivan that when they talk about um, trust and, and how they trust the Lord and for her to be away from her mama the way she was, she trusted in the Lord. She trusted in his will, just like her mama did. So we need to learn to trust, no matter how hard or how big the situation is or how overwhelming the situation is. We need to push into where, no matter what we're hearing or seeing or feeling, that we trust in the Lord and we know he is our deliverer. He's the way maker. All we have to do is follow. So how do you overcome the spirit of fear? You know that you can't use a physical means to overcome something in the spiritual. If you understand what I'm saying. Um, it's only through spiritual weapons and tools that the Lord has given us, that we will prevail over fear. Prayer is a big part of this. Huge. Probably the most vital part is allowing, because your prayer will connect you with God, and it also allows room for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And you've got to be able to keep that prayer line open. There's days sometimes I feel like that I don't pray enough or I don't pray hard enough and I have to make myself do that because I could be in this place of being uh, fearful of something, overwhelmed. We go to the place where we don't have time. Uh, well, I'll do it tonight. I'll do it in the morning. Prayer is your lifeline in every aspect. And I can tell you through the things that I've walked through in my own life that I am so thankful from eight years and up that I've had that connection, 
that prayer life because it has showed me things. It has taken me places. It has helped me get through things. It is, it's been something that I know that if I'm praying with someone, I just trust the Holy Spirit does the work, but I just need to be the avenue for that to happen. Prayer is truly vital, and if there's ever a time, and you can say, I've heard that for a million years, if there's ever a time that we need to be praying, and we need to be alert, and we need to have our eyes wide open, it is now. This, the world, the things that are happening, to me, there is still good things in this world. But we have to be alert to the things that are not and pay attention to our surroundings and the things that are going on around us. And don't, be, don't let that spirit of fear overwhelm you to the point where you lose out on that prayer time with the Lord. That's when you should be praying. That's when you should be laying on the floor. There's many times that I lay out on the floor. I have nothing, I, I just let myself become completely undone for what God, whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to talk to me about, the things that he wants to put in my mind, bring to my attention about myself or another situation. When we look at causes of fear, now some of these are going to be like um, natural causes. Spiders, snakes, heights, flying. My, my kids and my husband, oh, you, you need to get in an airplane. You need to fly and then it'll come across a TV where there's a crash and, or something. And I tell them, no, I, didn't really, I don't really need to fly on a plane. The day will come, I already know that, that I will. But those are just different things that uh, in, the, in specific objects or situations, they can cause us fear. Future events. We'll start thinking of something that is coming up in the future. And we'll start letting that fear invade our thoughts. And it'll invade your actions too. Imagined events. How many of us sat in here and never, never imagined what uh, different things? I can tell you, my mind could run away with me, and my husband could tell you that. It could. I can go from this point to this point. So I have to make sure that I keep my thoughts in line. Real environmental dangers, we hear a lot about that. And then the unknown. I used to feel like um, there was one time in my life that it seemed like the Lord always showed me every piece of the puzzle. And uh, probably about four or five years ago, he decided he was only going to give me one piece. And then wait so long, maybe give me another piece. And I would think, Lord, if you would just show me the whole thing, then I would know, Kathy, I don't want you to know. I want you to trust me. 
I want you to know that I have all this under control. I need you to believe me. I need you to trust me. Does the Lord ever talk to you guys that way? Or he might even get you by the bottom of your chin and turn your face to his so you can see what he's saying, not just hear it, but see it. So many times I know that the Lord has done that in my life. In Philippians 4, 6 through 8, it says how to overcome fear according to the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious. Who has anxiety? I do. It's, it can be, at times, an overwhelming thing. But you know, when I start feeling that way, when I begin to just feel overwhelmed by it, I begin to say, Lord, you did, I, I'm not supposed to be feeling this. That's not supposed to be part of my life. I've got to learn to let it go to sleep so that I can go to sleep. But anxiety is one of the things that ties into our fear. Because when you're fearful, your anxiety is going to build. And it'll build and it'll build. And, and I've heard people say, well, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to have anxiety. And, and I'm, I don't want to have it, but it happens. And if they go through their whole life and never have any anxiety... I'm thankful. I, I think it's great. I can't say that in my life. But when you look about the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, there's been people that have passed away and family members of Christian people that have passed away. And you look at them and think, how in the world can you have such peace? They have the peace of Christ that it, it transcends. You're not going to understand that. There's been many funerals that we've done that um, people uh, had passed and their family was like having this celebration because they knew where they were. And people were looking at us like, you know, what is wrong with them people? Don't they have any feelings? Don't they know? But when you have the peace of Christ, the fear, the anxiety is so much easier to just push to the side. Just not let it even come up into your thoughts or into your heart. You can just push it over. So how do I know if it's fear, anxiety, or the Holy Spirit? This is how I know. If it's anxiety or fear, it's loud. It wants to be noticed. That's how I know for me that uh, it's something that disturbs you. It's something that will make you lose your train of thought. Um, and, I, and like I said, with anxiety and fear both, that, that happens to me quite frequently. But those thoughts or that anxiety and fear um, will even push you to the place where it's hard to feel the spirit of God 
And I know myself, you better learn to depend on your faith. Your faith in God. Seems like the last couple weeks I was telling Pastor Cindy that um, just a, something that we've experienced uh, has been almost trying to make my faith waver in the Lord. Because when it happened, things happen to your family, I don't care who you are, you're going to, you're still going to feel that. And I have to, today I just had to step back and say, Lord, you're in control. I can't do nothing about it. And I can tell you what growing up, and my husband can tell you, um, I had to get rid of control. Uh, on Monday, if my laundry wasn't done, DG was look out. It had to be Monday. Dinner had to be at five. Pastor Cindy can tell you that because I, that's exactly how I was. Oh, I can't go out to breakfast. I can't do this because I have this to do. Certain days my grass needed to be mowed. I mean, it, that's just how it was. But man, as God blew the doors off that, I didn't clean my house till, let's see, yesterday. And it had been over a week. Can you believe that? But when you, I've had to learn to let that go because I realized it was a bondage in my life. I had myself so regimented. And, and my kids can tell you, buddy, when mom had dinner on table five, you better be there five. And my husband can tell you, for 20-some years, he walked in the the door after work and uh, he just walk in, kick his shoes off and be able to sit down and we'd all start eating supper. Did we have supper, honey? Not tonight. <laughs> so, there are times when, but I just know that for me, I never realized how much something can really latch hold of you. And, uh, and that's how the spirit of fear is. Um, it can really overtake you. So how do we remove fear spiritually? Read, study, and meditate on the word of God and trust in God and his word. Read, study, meditate. On the word of God. So it isn't up to just the teachers, the pastors in the church. We have to get into this ourselves. We have to read the word. We need to study the word. You got to open yourself up to that. You got to make the time for that. Trusting God in his word. If God says something in his word... You can take it just at that. Black and white in his word, that's the way it is. There's no gray areas in the word of God. None. Remember who you are and whose you are. 
Remember, you are a child of the king. You've been washed in the blood. You've been bought with a price. Who you are. And who do you belong to? The king of kings. The lord of lords. It doesn't get much better than that. And when you find yourself in them fearful things or that, that that's just, just you can't get it out of your mind, if you begin to speak those things, see, we're real bad about that. We don't speak the good things and the promises enough over our life. We listen to other people say them, but we don't speak it enough over our lives, over our children's lives, over the people, our friends, the rest of our family. If someone, my kids, now this is not a good thing, but I'm going to use it as an example because it's me. My kids just swear up and down that one of these days I'm going to lose my mind. They tease me about that. You can laugh past driving. It's awful. <laughs> they do. They pester me about that. They're always saying, oh, mom, you'll never remember this. They laugh. They're just kidding around. But I look at them now and I say, do not speak that over me. Well, mom, we're just kidding. I said, I don't care if you are. I said, I'm only 63 years old. I got a lot of years ahead of me. Don't speak that over me. They, they know they was raised in church, but they think they laugh. They think it's funny. But they don't want that to happen to me. But they still, we just kind of tease each other about that. But um, Examine yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Check yourself. It isn't just up to Sunday mornings when we come in and get ready for church for everybody else to check us. We need to be checking ourselves, examining our own life. If you don't feel as close to the Lord as you once did, then you need to get back to where you were and beyond that. It's nothing wrong with looking in the mirror and saying, mm, man, I don't do this like I used to. Uh, I don't pray like I used to. Um, it's important to question, ask those things of yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Too many times we try to do it on our own. And I can tell you from experience, it'll blow up on you. You need the Holy Spirit every waking minute of the day every day of your life. He will guide you. He will encourage you. He will be there when you just feel like you cannot make another step. Ask him to help you. Encourage yourself. You ever look in the mirror and think, man, sure wish I looked a little bit better than I used to. I think us ladies probably have done that more than once. But... When you look in the mirror, don't look at yourself as that. You are God's creation. You should be able to look in that mirror even if your hair's standing straight up and your glasses are like over there and all that kind of stuff. You should be able to look at yourself and say, Man, God, you did good. You know? 
Encourage yourself. And refuse, and I just said this, to speak curses over your life. Don't, whatever you do, try to remember that. Don't speak, just absolutely refuse to do it. Because Satan will have you doing that all day long. He's the one that comes along and says, boy, you're really having a rough day. And he tries to make, it's like for a lot of people, and it's sad, but some people just don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. And that's Christian people because they have just lost all footing on their, in their walk with the Lord and they just have given up. What does God teach us about fear? In Joshua 1, 9, he tells us, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Not to be frightened. I know uh, Paul has went on a couple missions trips and uh, when he came back and he began to tell me, especially over in India, um, how people lived and I, I just couldn't hardly imagine the fear that most of them people had. For a lot of them, that was just a way of life. But for me, I told him, I said, uh, I probably would have just turned around got back on the plane. Um, he went over there, and I'm proud that he went. Um, he went out in the slums. Uh, and seen a lot of things that I personally don't think I could have stood to see. Now, you might think, well, that's awful weak, but I'm just being honest. It's a whole different way of life. But I never worried about him. Never worried about him on the plane, getting on the plane, coming home. Because I knew that God was going before him. And not only did he have to be strong, but I needed to be strong. Because the Lord is with us wherever we go. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. I found this little side note. The term fear not is stated in the Bible 365 times, which ironically is how many days are in a year. So, for every one of us, if we get up every morning and say, fear not, we have another 364 days that we can still say that. And I thought, Lord, that is good. That's something we need to put up here and in here when we think about that. Fear not. Every morning when you get up, fear not. And I think you'll find out you'll have a better day. Because I know myself, I've had, to been, I've had to tell myself that quite frequently in the last couple weeks. Meet God in his word. This is called read it, write it, and share it. Read it, God replaces our fears with promises as we read scripture. Did you know that? Something happens when you pick up his word and you open it up and you begin to read it. And all at once... Whatever it was, wasn't there anymore. It's like it just totally 
evaporated. That fear, those thoughts, that anxiety you were having is all at once, it's not there anymore. Because you get in his word and you replace that fear with his promises. If you have to, take scripture and put them on sticky notes and stick them throughout your house. If you're battling something, no matter what it is, if you will put that up and you see that, then, okay, Lord, I'm still dealing with that. I've got to get rid of it. It's always nice when you have battled that and you know that the Holy Spirit says, hey, go through and pull all them sticky notes down. You're not going to have to deal with that anymore. That's an awesome feeling. Write it. Writing scripture gives our hearts time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, I know a lot of uh, pastors, they, when they do their messages, they'll write out their scriptures. Me, I don't only just write out my scriptures, but I write all them little nuggets that um, I can always use. I got a notebook full of them from prior to Paul and I going up to Pastor at Corinth. I've got a notebook full of nuggets. And it's nice just pull that out there and think, oh, I remember that. Share it. Talking about God's word can build our faith and others' faith too. Sharing God's word. You know, we share it with each other, but we need to share it beyond the wall into our families. Our kids know when they come to their house, the house and we're getting ready to sit down and eat, nobody picks up a fork, nobody does anything till we have prayer. And setting those examples up in your home will make it a lot more easier for your children, not only your children, but your grandchildren to see the Lord living in your life. My kids, the other week, Willow just blessed my heart because she said, Grammy, she said, um, do, you st do you believe um, that Jesus hears us? You know what I'm thinking? Just, and she's six years old. And I said, yeah, Willow, I said, I believe Jesus hears everything. Everything we say. She said, well, what if, what if you accidentally... Everything's an accident at this stage. What if you accidentally maybe lie a little bit? <laughs> well, Willow, you're not supposed to lie. And yes, you know, uh, Jesus heard that, but he'll forgive you. Well, she said, well, it wasn't really, a, it wasn't a big lie, you know. So, but it's, it's just something that we need to talk about in front of our children, our grandchildren, is about God's word and how faithful he is. I've seen a lot of different miracles. Cheryl Marple, I was reading about her sister, and I thought, I had a time with the Holy Spirit right there in my living room. From the top of my head to my feet, I had goosebumps, and man, was I so excited to get to where she got and then get a phone call that's the Lord. We should be excited about that for them. Because God, that's just how faithful the Lord is to each one of us. He knows our needs. 
and he knew what was going on in that situation. And look at all the time they had been praying about it. And they embark on this journey, and before they even really get going, she gets a phone call, and you don't have cancer. I get excited about that church. I do, because God's moving and God's working, and what are we waiting for? So we look at the end of this um, about choosing. In our own walk with Christ, we have to make the choice to take every thought captive, everything that is not of the Lord. Uh, the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Get rid of it. Cast it down. We have the bad habit of casting it down, but then we either want to go back and look at it or we want to pick it up. Once you drop it, don't pick it up again. Don't look back at it. Don't be enticed to turn around and look at it. The spirit of fear, once it's done, will you ever have that again? I don't know. I can't tell you that I'm done with the spirit of fear. I know there's times that, yeah, it's right there. But I got to keep going back and quit looking at it and quit entertaining it. And that's where we get into a lot of trouble with thoughts uh, is we entertain them. And it's something that when we know that that is not of Christ um, and we need to take that captive, we got to make that choice what we're going to allow to take root in our mind because that's just how it is. That's how that Satan wants to get in there. If he can get you sidetracked, he's going to do that. And it is an easy thing to let happen. I know, I've been there myself, where I've just uh, went through different things growing up and um, found out that, you know, overwhelmed, um, thought I knew best, found out I didn't know best, and uh, took more than one... Um, I don't know if you want to say spanking, but more than one thing from the Holy Spirit because uh, I thought I knew better and I thought I could do it better and found out that it don't work that way. But tonight, um, we're going to go ahead and have some altar time. Uh, so if you all want to stand and bow your heads and if you find yourself in this place tonight of just not being able to get over um, a fear or anxiety, something like that in your life, and you just can't seem to get past it or get by it, I want to encourage you tonight to make your way up to the altar, and, and we'll have people come and pray with you.
But you don't have to leave tonight like it was when you first came. That spirit of fear that's been overwhelming you and the worry and the anxiety, I want to encourage you tonight to, to make your way up here.